0: Facebook. and. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the Two Guys on Politics podcast. I'm producer Brian Broking.
1: I'm Bill Lipinski. And I welcome my fellow Americans to this news, views, and something else which I always forget. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan.
2: I'm uh, Daniel Lipinski. I'm a special guest on the show this week. And I'm Ray Hanania, and uh, our topic
3: is uh, Ukraine and the ongoing Russian war in Ukraine and uh, what we're going to do about it. And welcome to Dan Lipinski, the former congressman in the third district. Uh, It's really an honor to have you on the program, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ray. You want to start out as our guest before we go off Uh, to the extreme?
1: He doesn't want to start out, I don't think. Uh, I'll start out. All right, Bill.
2: I thought the leader, Bill Lipinski, would start us out on this. Go ahead,
3: uh, Bill.
1: Okay. Uh, well, this program, between the four of us, I would like us to find a solution to what's going on in the Ukraine, okay? Now we know- All right,
2: Well, Well, you've already set too high of a bar, way too high of a bar, so uh, maybe we should just quit right now.
1: <laughs> those of us you know, that read and listen about what's going on in the world, can honestly comment upon it. If you don't read or think about it, no. then you can pass. So Ray, you Dude. can get rid of the other three and I'll be here myself.
3: <laughs> I don't think that there is any other solution than winning this war. I mean, that's my opinion. We got to win this war against Russia and get him to back down. And I just think we have to be tougher. I don't think we're being tough. I think we're kind of wishy-washy coming out of the White House. That message
1: is weak. Tell I, me how we win this war.
0: Well, why, why don't we go back to the kind of the start? You know, two days into this war, everyone thought Ukraine would crumble, right? Not right. one of us would have predicted Ukraine, today's date, October eleventh, twenty 2022, would still be an independent nation. No one believed that, right? Nope. Okay. No, and, and so,
2: most, most uh, of the Western leaders were all hopeful that that was going to be the case. That it would Ukraine would fall in a couple of days, and then they they could just go back on about their their business of uh, propping up uh, Vladimir Putin for his uh, for for his energy. But uh, the Ukrainian people foiled that, and the West has been forced now to to come to
0: grips with with that. So, go ahead, Brian. Right. Okay. So that's correct. But now here's the next question: Is is it really the Ukrainian people that have propped themselves up? I don't really believe so. Frankly, I think it's the United States and the United States military and United States special operations. It has been proven there's United States special ops groups operating in Ukraine. We are fighting a proxy war in Ukraine, right? Do we agree on this?
1: Do we agree? On uh, this? I I I, I,
0: think, I don't know. I think-
1: yeah, I Go ahead. Know, no, I, I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that very definitely.
0: I'm glad I have Dan on my side. It depends on which level, right? Like, there's there's intelligence reports that we helped sink their primary ship in the Black Sea, right? So that you know is a a baseline level of help, but it also goes all the way to the fact that I think it's pretty obvious that we have special forces inside the country helping the Ukrainian military operate. Anyways, either way, we are now invested in this war, and it is a Ukraine versus Russia, but really the United States versus Russia. We're fighting a proxy war in this country right now. So the next question is, what is winning, right? 2014, 2014, they took Crimea. Russia took Crimea. It's been contested land for centuries. There's actually majority Russian ethnics in that part of Crimea, or that part of the country in Crimea. And that's the same for the Donbass, but those are, you know, they were taken, you know, six months ago. So the question is, what is winning this for? Is it getting the Donbass and Luhansk regions back and getting those under control? Or is it pushing further back to the 2014 games that they made, where they seized all of Crimea, which really is the important piece to the whole puzzle, because of the natural resources located around Crimea. So what is winning? What, what is winning for the U.S. realistically? I okay. think winning is providing the arm,
3: arms and support that the Ukrainians need. And uh, I think this is a war that we can't allow the Ukraine to lose. If they lose it, I think it just opens the door to another front it might not be, you know tomorrow. it could be in five years. could be eight years. We've seen everything that Russia's done, Georgia, the Crimea, all these other countries, um, the political takeover of Belarus, you know, all of that, and then to see the Ukraine fall under their grip. I think NATO is a target. and and this guy, Putin, I think he is, you know, I think he's a war criminal. I think his mind is geared in that direction. And I don't think he has a positive thing to say about us. I think this goes beyond our politics between um, Trump and Biden. I just feel our biggest problem has been we don't have a Ronald Reagan in the White House who says, you cross that line, I'm going to nuke you. And a Russian's, you know, realizing that maybe they've gone too far. I think the Russians see that Biden is weak and and that encourages them and empowers them. want to do more and more. And I think that's our big problem.
1: Well, I I think that uh, we have done an awful lot. I believe that we have special forces there. Let me give you an example. You know, these howitzers that we sent to them, which has allowed them to make such significant progress against the Russians. You know how much those shells cost? 50. $1,500 a piece. Who's paying for that? The four of us on this program and the rest of the Americans who pay taxes in this country. The cheapest shell, one that, and I don't quite understand it, but it comes through Norway or Sweden or something like that. Although it was invented by us and developed by us, it's being used by the Ukrainians. That will only cost $800 uh, single shell. I say that to point out how much this whole exercise is costing us. Now, I agree we cannot back down. We're in it too far. The Ukrainians have suffered tremendous losses. Uh, but what is the absolute endgame? Musk. he talked to Putin, and Putin told him he wanted to keep Crimea. He wanted a plebiscite in the four Eastern progr- uh, provinces in the Ukraine and a third thing what was oh ukraine couldn't join nato they had to stay independent you think the ukrainians are going to accept that
3: nope, no i hope
1: they don't they'll, they should
2: they'll, they'll never accept that they shouldn't uh, at a minimum uh russian army needs to be pushed back east crimea is the only area that is potentially And again, uh, if I were a Ukrainian, uh, it's it's up to the Ukrainians on this, but uh, they have to decide about uh, about Crimea. But it it seems clear that the West Western countries, U.S., have told the Ukrainians not to go into Crimea. It seems to be clear that that has been that we have drawn that that line with the Ukrainians. Um, So who knows what the we we don't know what the end is going to look like here. But as Ray said, we we cannot back we cannot back down. We cannot. Putin cannot be seen to be gaining any anything out of this this war. Uh, And so we just have to. We have to continue this. I mean, the, the, the price of freedom is high. And I, I, I would think that the, uh, the other former congressman would understand that from the, the fight against the evil empire uh, back during the, the Cold War. That was a very, very high price that uh, the United States and the West paid, but especially the United States. And that is the, the price of, of freedom. And this is, it, it, this is just- All one I'm asking we're is the
1: end game. You know, the way some of you folks talk, you think we should go into not only Crimea, but into Russia proper. And the United States is afraid that that is going to happen. The Ukrainians keep begging for Patriot missiles. We don't want to give them the Patriot missiles because we're afraid they'll start shooting them into Russia proper. Now, well, we should- I don't know that we can come to a conclusion in this battle unless we do start shooting stuff into Russia proper. I'm not so sure Putin is going to say it's time to sit down and die until he starts getting hit on Russian territory. Now, I'm not saying I'm advocating that. I'm simply speculating that maybe that's what finally brings this guy to the negotiating table. And I see Brian's already shaking his head. He doesn't want to go in that direction.
0: I just go back to, We do all realize Ukraine isn't part of NATO. We have no obligation to protect them. We promised them we were going to protect them when they gave up their nuclear weapons. We have no obligation to protect them. They didn't join NATO. And frankly, they're simply not a majority Ukrainian country. The parts that Russia has taken were formerly part of the Russian part of the Soviet Union. They have for centuries, basically up to Kiev, anything west of there uh, or sorry, east of there has been majority ethnic Russian for years. Listen, problem, we've never
3: we, we've, we've never ne- had a commitment to defend Israel. Um, are, are we in some alliance with Israel? Are we in an alliance to stop Iran? Why do we stop? Why are we fighting Iran? This is this is a higher level debate. The Russians represent evil. The Russian government, the Iranians are a terrorist organization. Um, this this uh, uh, Hezbollah is a terrorist organization. I really think that we need to, and North Korea is a terrorist government. I think we need to look at Russia and redefine them as, and just given what they've done, this isn't a military fighting a military. This is a military that went in believing that they would do something. And when they didn't, they turned to terrorism and murdered innocent civilians in Ukraine. We are obligated as the leader of the free world to stand up and defend freedom. And I think we should designate Russia a terrorist organization, their government. And I think we should move to get the UN to suspend them from the uh, uh, Security Council. I don't think they should have a voice. I don't think they deserve it any longer. I think their actions make them worse than Iran. What they're doing is far worse than what Iran has ever done. Uh, In in a short period of time, they've killed more innocent civilians than the Iranians have. So I don't know why we don't, that we want to even consider talking with uh, Putin's government. We should be as tough on them as we are as, you know, on Iran and these other
0: countries.
1: We're repeating the
0: same mistake as Afghanistan, though.
1: When should they, we send in American troops? Is what I want to know, Ray. Well, we if, if
3: they cross into any of the NATO countries, I think we do send in American troops, and I oh, think yeah, he needs yeah. to know.
1: That's but right now, but do you think we he, have a formal treaty with them? We have nothing with you with Ukraine, other than we're trying to help them out because we think they're better than the Russians.
3: Don't we? The have point a is at the end of the day, we're doing the right thing.
1: Do I think but we're doing Ford, the right thing? Yes, I think we're doing the right thing. Yes, but I say we have to to tell the world what the end game is. When we brought down international communism in the Soviet Union, we knew what the end game was. We don't know what the end game here is. This war could go on and on and on and on. And no one's financing the Ukrainians other than us. The Germans have been delivering six tanks for the last six months. They still haven't got there. They must be going by way to North Pole, all right? And I don't know of any other country other than the United Kingdom that is really doing much of any significance to help the Ukrainians besides us. Fine, if it's gonna be us, okay. But I still wanna know what the criteria is when we can say we got a victory. I'm off my soapbox.
0: I think a victory is clearly you let Russia keep Crimea. You hold elections in the Donbass. You let Putin basically skew the elections so it's on the Russian side anyways. They get adopted. And then you say, look, Ukraine, if you build yourself up to be an economic powerhouse and you're able to take on this country, go for it. But we are doing the same thing as we did in Afghanistan. The second the U.S. forces left Afghanistan, it crashed, right? That would be the same exact Some thing complete, we're doing in very, Ukraine.
2: Very, very, very different. Ukraine is not a- Afghanistan. Uh, is it not? starting in the location it's in, but Ukraine is not an ungovernable area like Afghanistan was it is. So I, I don't think there's any comparison between the, uh, between
0: the, the two right there.
1: Well, no,
0: right I, now we're, I we're don't still even... in a forever war, right? We we've restarted a forever war that we just Which got out World of 20 war. years with in this, a new country. War. Cause we have no line that we're drawing where the end is. No, listen, the end of the border. So far, the what the border? We, the border. I, I think, I think Dan's the right.
3: Russians we've out. set out. Uh, yeah, I think that our end game is to get the Russians out of Ukraine. And I'm satisfied with that and make a statement that they can't do this. They can't just attack another country. You know, it doesn't matter whether they're in NATO or not. Personally, I would like to see the Ukraine join NATO. And then I'd like to see what the Russians would do about it. You think they're going to attack us, you know, NATO, because we've allowed the Ukraine in there? This guy, Putin, is unpredictable. I think he's sick. I think that there's something mentally wrong with this guy. And I think he's a threat to the world. And, uh, you know, I, this is not an anti-Russian thing. You know, my son is from Russia. He was adopted. And, you know, I understand his culture. It's a, it's a great culture. But we're not talking about Russia. We're talking about a tyrant who has taken over a country who we were suckered into believing they were going to be a democracy and he took advantage of us and like opium use oil to uh, addict all those European countries. Germany's not doing anything and a lot of European countries aren't doing anything because they're dependent on oil. We need to break that. We need to end that dependence on everything Russia and we need to save Europe from being dependent on them. That is going to take a long time, but I think we could do all this over the next six months.
1: Well, this will be the third time now in the the last hundred years that we've saved Europe from itself. You realize that?
3: Well, not from itself, from an existential threat.
1: The the Russians are Europeans, the Germans were Europeans, or still are Europeans. It won't be the
2: last time. It won't be. That's our
3: responsibility as a free world, isn't it? what is our responsibility of the leader of the as being a leader of the free world? We could turn it over to the world and say, "Hey, we don't want to have anything to do with it." I don't know. That doesn't make us the leader of the free world, does
1: it? Do we want to be the leader of the free world? What's in it for us?
3: Helping other countries become like us.
1: So you want to be me, oh become like us? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
3: I want them to be like us. Freedom. I want them. Yes, more freedom. I, I agree. We have to fight for freedom, wh- whatever border or country we're at. I, I don't think we can stand
0: down on that. We, we well, have like to fight to... for freedom with poor people who have proven they want freedom and respect and desire freedom. Ukraine was an incredibly corrupt government. They, they were the same as Belarus seven years ago. I was I was 14 and, and the leader of Ukraine was the same as we see that puppet leader in Belarus right now, right? This is a very new evolving state. It's not like it's been a long stalwart democracy for time and time again. It's the most corrupt state in the EU. Why are we defending something just as corrupt as the Afghan government?
3: But it's a different government. They're moving toward democracy. Their president, I, I have to say that um, wow I have to say this guy has so much courage um you're standing up to Russia how many countries would stand up to Russia not one of them stood up to Russia we can't let this russia uh, do what the Nazis tried to do in the 1930s we can't allow him to do that and I think we can't underestimate the the threat that he poses to Europe because if he does destroy Europe we could say hey that's their problem but if something were to happen there, we would be isolated very quickly, and I think we would be in trouble. We still have a big front with Russia, uh, the Chinese that we have to worry about too. I'm worried about that front. Um, and I'm worried that you know maybe the Russians and the Chinese you know, will move together and do something. We have to head them off before anything happens.
1: It seems like China and India, both countries that have been rather standoff in this situation, are starting to move in the direction of Putin. You got to figure a way to get out of this. You got to shut it down. It's getting to be too dangerous for the entire world. So I hope that they continue to put that kind of pressure on them. And of course we have to continue to fund them. Uh, But I just, I still have not gotten any kind of answer that's satisfactory to me that what is the end game? Win the war.
3: Win the war. I want to ask ask Dan a question. (laughs) I I want to ask Dan a question about what does he think the impact of the elections would have on? We have elections coming up November eighth, and it looks like the you know there may be the typical midterm results where the parties change, the white different from the White House. Um, Do you what kind of impact do you think that might have on what we're doing in Ukraine? Do you see that election having an impact that it might change things?
2: I don't think that the election results will have an impact. Republicans should take the House. Uh, the Senate is still up in the air. Now, unfortunately, there are Republicans who are uh, wanting us to uh, to back out of uh, supporting Ukraine. But I, I just I don't think that right now or even in, in the uh, next few months or next year, I don't think that's going to make uh make a difference I, I don't expect it to. I, I hope that it doesn't. Uh, I hope that uh, the Republicans in Congress do not start pushing and pressing on the Biden administration to in, in trying to undercut uh, the us. role in, in Ukraine. but uh, it, it's, a, it's always a possibility. It's always a possibility unfortunately, uh, domestic politics um, it, more much more today than ever before. I mean, I could see some Republicans not caring one bit about what happens in, uh, in Ukraine, just thinking, oh, this is a good issue, maybe we can undercut Joe Biden and Democrats on, we'll start going after Biden for, for this. And, uh, you know, we, we, just, we, we just keep seeing this, the uh, two parties are just more interested in attacking the other than standing up for America.
1: Well, so far, though, the Republican Party seems to have been united in supporting our efforts in the Ukraine.
2: No, not, not all of them. There, there have been Republicans who have been, you know, voicing from the beginning. And I think that that's picked up to to some extent. Uh, I, I think it's been tamped down by the fact that we, Ukraine has seen to be successful, uh, so far. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, has made it more difficult for these Republicans to, you know, oppose the, uh, our, our effort to support Ukraine. But, um, I, I still don't think that, uh, I think those voices are there in the Republican Party and I don't think they're going to uh, going to go away.
1: Well, I hope they do go away because we need a united front because we have to get on to uh, Iran and China after this to straighten out those two countries too so we can bring freedom and democracy to the entire world. Or well, on the way back uh- from China, we could probably stop off in Cuba and straighten those guys out, too. That I'm the Venezuela. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> does,
3: any, does anybody think that the problem here is really a leadership problem in the White House? That maybe that we're where we're at because we don't have a strong leader.
1: Good job with the situation. I think his, his bringing along the Europeans has been... Greatly exaggerated, because I don't really think they've come along that much at all. But other than that, I think Joe's done a pretty good job. I I would American taxpayers continue to fund this war. I think Joe will be doing a good job, and the Ukrainians will be doing a good job. How much longer that goes, I don't know.
2: I I think uh, President Biden's... uh, I I think... Putin thought that uh, Biden would not stand up. And so I agree, Ray, that the perceived weakness of of, of Joe Biden uh, may have encouraged Putin to do this. I'm not saying it's only because Joe Biden was president that he did this. Uh, and, and I think at first, uh, President Biden did not really stand up. I remember when we were talking about we were sending $250 million or something worth of you know, supplies over to, uh, Ukraine in in the first week or two. I just remember, I remember going through this conversation, uh, about what that's like less than two fighter planes. Uh, what, what, how much money that was, but somehow it's very interesting to me. And I'd love to know the, the, how this has happened, but is we went from doing very little except giving, uh, a little bit of money in, in giving uh, some rhetorical I- encouragement to Ukraine to really spending a lot of money to support Ukraine. I- and it all sort of just keeps building up and, and building up. I'm, I'm happy to see it. It's just interesting to me that uh, how this has happened and uh, not really clear why this happened. There seemed to be a change from what originally was coming out of the Biden administration in the first couple of weeks to uh,
0: where we're at right now. Well, I think the idea is we're not actually spending the money because the money is just American dollars, which we can print anyways. And if we look at it at the end of the day, what is this? It's trying to maintain American supremacy throughout the world, which props up the U.S. dollar. At the end of the day, that's what this is. And saying we're spending money in this country is just frankly not true. We're sending money there, sure. But it's not like those resources are, you know, cut off one way or the other. We have them. We have Lockheed Martin and the fifty other defense contractors in the U.S. that are more than willing to take U.S. taxpayer dollars, taxpayer dollars, and, and you know, fight a war out there. But I, I think I disagree very much with the idea that Joe Biden has handled this entire event well. Specifically, within the last few weeks, within the last few weeks, within the media and other, you know, entities. They've been saying, oh, we've never been closer to nuclear war since you know, the missile crisis of 62, right? And that's fine for the media to say, but as soon as Joe Biden, the leader of the free world in all of our opinions says that he has made a mistake. You cannot admit that as the president of the United States that we've never been closer to nuclear war because one that is just outwardly showing where we are at which is never a good strategy when you're negotiating but two, why would we ever want to escalate if Putin didn't know that before? Now he sure does, because he told them. It, it removes a bargaining chip from what is eventually going to bring an end to this, which is a backroom deal where the U.S. gives up a couple places throughout the Ukraine and Russia completely withdraws and, you know, turns on the gas again for Europe. At the end of the day, this crisis will be solved by a backroom deal, nothing public. And we won't know about it. Russia will move some things we'll see you know they've moved some missile defense systems away from the border we'll move some things from Poland like back a couple miles and that'll be the end of it and that's how this is going to get done in my opinion I, I just want to hear everyone's opinion on
2: if uh President Trump had had said that what would have been the reaction of the <laughs> news media
3: they, they'd be completely biased and the news media, I think, is part of the problem in undermining our country. I think that they've taken sides. They're not really, you know, uh, news reporters anymore. They've become activists uh, for causes. Um, you don't have to. They, you used to put the word opinion on a column so that when I would read it, I'd say, oh, that's my opinion. Now they just present news that's basically opinion. And they come to these conclusions about what is news, what isn't news. um, And they would treat Trump completely, 100% different than they're treating Biden. I think that they're softballing criticism of Biden. I think they're covering up Biden's problems. Because if this were Trump, this would be news every day. You know, referencing a congresswoman that was dead in a state. He would never hear the end of that. Um, You know, some of the statements that he's made simple things like I have two words for you, made in America, I'm thinking, okay, they would never allow that to end. So the media, I think, is culpable in this, and I think they're part of the problem. We don't really have news media anymore. Uh, We have opinion, but I wish the news media would take away the, the label reporting and just say we're opinion. Then at least I know it's their opinion and it's partisan. Um, But I think that they've created this situation, and I think a a leader like Putin sees that our country is so divided, we are at our weakest state, state, and this is an opportunity for him to expand his country and restore the Soviet Union and the USSR.
1: Yeah, all he'd have to do is take a look at this podcast, and he would see how divided this country is. When the four of us... all really have entirely different opinions. I would like to disassociate myself from the remarks by my oldest grandson, okay? I want to go on record. <laughs> I love him, well, but I don't agree with him in regards but to- Listen,
3: see. you can't even have this discussion in Russia. That That's one country where you're not even allowed to call it a war. If you call it a war, they can put you in jail for like five years. And they have soldiers now, police, knocking on doors, grabbing people of, uh, you know, in their 20s, and with one day's notice taking them and bringing them to the military to be recruited. So at least we have a discussion.
1: Russia. They'll do a good job for that Russian army. (laughs) Okay.
3: What else? Any final thoughts from anybody at all? Or we didn't reach a resolution.
0: (laughs)
1: Maybe I'd I'd want want to to, I want to thank everybody for their opinion. I well, let's give Dan it.
3: an opportunity. This is his first time on our, our podcast and to thank him for taking the time to join this uh, you know, rambunctious uh, rhetorical uh, riot that we just had, this insurrection in, in public thought. So,
1: yes, well, let's but give it, him but, two or three minutes to uh, tell us exactly yeah, just, what he thinks of the whole situation without being interrupted.
2: I, I didn't hear who you, I, I assume you were saying me, uh, yes. here. Okay. I, 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 I didn't hear who you were referring to.
1: Um, William Lipinski. Yes. I, did. I just, did just, just couldn't
2: happens? hear it. The, um, well, look, it's, it's not clear how this is going to end. No one knows what the end game is here, but that doesn't mean we can't keep, we couldn't, we cannot keep doing what we're doing now now, and we should not keep doing what we're doing right now, unless there's a reason to change. Uh, I understand that in today's age, everyone wants everything done now uh, immediately, but things don't, don't go that way. How long, how long did a cold war last? Look, this is, we, we just continue down this path each day. Something new happens. I mean, Russia obviously has turned this now into more terror against uh, Ukrainian civilians, and we don't we don't know what Putin's thinking. We don't know what's going on inside of of Russia, and uh, I I think we all should admit that we don't have the we don't have the solution. We don't know what the end's going to be, but that doesn't mean we don't look at the situation and say this is how. I think we should proceed. I think we are I, I need I think we need to uh, help uh, right now uh, Ukraine's asking for more uh, anti-missile systems. I think uh, to the extent we can provide them we should provide them. They're asking for tanks right now and uh, you know I'd have to look at that some more to see if that is really, uh, something that is warranted, but, uh, maybe it is to, to push, uh, the Russian forces out of, uh, out of Eastern Ukraine. Uh, so, uh, I think we, we just, we, we keep going with, uh, where we're at right now. And, uh, you know, we, uh, just keep, uh, taking the, uh, you know, taking in everything that that's happening and, uh, discontinue down the this path and hopefully get a, a, a good result but there's nothing nothing is ever guaranteed and I don't want anyone to be I, I don't want Putin's threat of using nuclear weapons to uh, you know scare us into stopping right now. I think that would be one of the biggest problems and and look we, we all understand that this is about more than Ukraine and the Russian invasion this is about, is the West still going to stand up against dictators or not? And I I think uh, history has shown us that you have to stand up to dictators. If you don't, you're gonna have a bigger problem down the line.
0: Brian, any final thoughts? I'll I'll, uh, ask one hypothetical. He does use a nuclear weapon. Putin sets off a nuke. What is the US response? What kind of nuke and where? Tactical nuke in a small-ish city uh, on the center of Ukraine, near Kiev, but not Kiev. I I think he would be in violation of uh,
3: all the treaties that he signed, and I think that would justify isolating him, declaring him a terrorist nation, um, excluding him from the United Nations, um, and further isolating him, and, uh, it, and to, we know that a, a, a tactical nuclear weapon isn't going to be used against a military facility. It'll be used against civilians and civilian homes and civilian properties. That, that I, I think, would be the line where we can't allow it to continue. We would have to take a much tougher stand with Russia. Um, he is not going to attack us because he knows that he would be in jeopardy, and we would too. But he's not going to do that. Uh, but we can't. We could not allow him just to get away with that.
1: I would. I don't believe he'll use nuclear weapons. I believe that there are people in place around him that would stop him from doing so. Uh, according to American intelligence, that is the case. There are people in the military. There are people in the oligarchy, which will stop him from using nuclear weapons. If somehow he winds up doing it, my retaliation would be see to it that the CIA took care of them like they used to do in the old days with people.
3: Like in Iran. Dan, what about you? Any final thoughts on that question to Brian? I
2: I think that uh, if a nuclear weapon was used, we'd have to symbolically do something in in response. I don't think it uh, we're not going to we're not going to use nuclear weapons. Uh, We're not going to do that, but uh, we have to symbolically do something. But I think what would happen is Putin would just completely isolate, be completely isolated. His Russia be completely isolated in the world. And I think that would really help to choke him off in ways that uh, he's still being provided, you know, help. Uh, by by others, including uh, in the in the Middle East, um, in other places, and I think that would bring a quicker end uh, to this. Uh, so I don't think he's I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, but um, you know, we 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 shouldn't say anything about what we will do uh, if if you use it. We and I hope Joe Biden doesn't ever come out and say anything. Uh, like this is what we would do, uh, but we should just ho- hold it out there that everything's on the table uh, if, uh, for us if, if he uses nukes.
0: Yeah, uh, agreed. I, to me, I think a, a backroom deal, You know, it needs to be known by the Kremlin what we would do and what we would do would have to be four or five times worse than using a tactical nuke on a small city. I, I think we'd have to basically sink their entire fleet We'd have to encroach on every angle. We'd end up having to send carriers to the area. I mean, you'd have to be so absurd with your response there that he'd never think to do it. And he'd have to know you would follow through.
3: What would be the radiation threat, though, to the countries, the NATO countries, if he were to use a tactical nuclear weapon? I mean, couldn't that pose a threat?
1: Seriously, it depends upon which way the wind is blowing it could wind up blowing back into Russia yeah. and killing a lot of his own people. Uh, if he uses a nuclear weapon, China, India would condemn him immediately. And I believe that they then would join us and the rest of the Western world in trying to get rid of this guy and end this war.
3: Yep, yeah, Agreed. I, I agree. Well, see, Bill, we did find agreement. It wasn't for... Perfect place to end, uh, agreement.
1: (laughs) Notice you agreed.
3: Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm Ray Hanania.
1: I'm Bill Lipinski.
3: Dan Dan Lipinski. And this has been Two Guys on Politics with our producer, Brian Broking, and our special guest, former Congressman uh, Dan Lipinski. We really appreciate you joining us, Dan. Thank you so much for doing that. For having me. All right. We'll be back again next Tuesday, uh, same uh, week with another podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll come to agreement like we did during this show.
0: All right.